Hello and welcome to Obsession, where we get horribly obsessed, highly obsessed, <laughs> hilariously obsessed with things that other people might find odd. Nothing is too obscure, too creepy or too weird for us to research obsessively. I'm Heidi. And I'm Rebecca. Join us in being obsessed. <laughs> hello, obsessives. And hello, Becky. Hello, Heidi. Hello, obsessives. How are you, Heidi? Oh, look, I'm pretty good. Apart from the fact that my sleeping patterns are so strange and getting stranger you know what I'm holding I'm holding up I'm okay yeah it's a pandemic babe you can sleep whatever (laughs) hours you want to sleep (laughs) there is nothing normal I am good I'm back at work as you know so I'm having to keep regular hours but I am not coping without my afternoon nap (laughs) oh no I get home from work about six o'clock and I end up sleeping for an hour it's actually become a really bad habit so yeah we're both a bit bad with our sleeping at the moment (laughs) yeah I mean naps are good I love naps I'm a big fan of a nap I I have become a big fan of naps this is new to you yeah do you know what I only became a a napper a couple of years ago really before that I never understood the concept of a nap oh god I've always been a napper yeah, but do you know what? It's only a few years ago that I stopped having sleep paralysis. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to get sleep paralysis I might, during I might the day. Be a bit happier about having naps. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you don't get sleep paralysis anymore. Although this episode might induce it a little bit tonight. Well, it kind of is a little bit scary. It is, and just so for our fans out there, all our listeners out there. What well, three of you? Yeah. Um. Just so you know, we're actually recording this really late at night. Yes. Like really late at night, and um, I've got my lights off. What about you, Heidi? I, I don't. Should I? Do you think I should? I think you should, but it depends. Sort of add to the atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Increase the fear. Increase the fear, because tonight's episode is really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about creepy, yeah, Becky, yeah. Do you have pediophobia? I beg your pardon. Don't pediophobia. you swear at me? Don't <laughs> you swear at me, young lady? <laughs> pediophobia. Uh huh. What is pediophobia, Heidi? It is the fear of dolls. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> And there are a lot of people out there who can be really frightened of dolls. It's been the theme of many horror stories and for good reason. Do you have a fear of dolls, Becky? Look, I I don't. I have probably too many dolls. In, not, not like creepy, like um, middle-aged woman, you know, frilly dolls in my house. I have quite a few spooky dolls in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I do have a fear of my mother's dolls. Now, my mother does actually collect really ugly dolls. Even looking at that really ugly dolls. Sorry, Mum, but it's true. And the uglier a doll is, the more she loves it. So we were literally, my sister and I, we're walking through like a secondhand shop and see a doll and go, oh, my God, that's so ugly. Mum will love it. 
So she likes to draw ugly dolls and makes me wonder why she liked to draw me so much as a kid. So am I an ugly doll, Heidi? I think we both know the answer to that, Becky. (laughs) Of course you're not. Oh, thank you, Heidi. (laughs) Well, I don't have a fear of dolls. Mm. I... I've I've never really had a fear of any kind of toy or inanimate object. Oh, really? No, not really. Oh, but I, mean, I imbue a lot of life into inanimate objects sometimes. Like a tree can terrify me. Oh, yes. I mean, they're alive to me. When I was a kid, my toys were completely alive. Mm. You know, if, if somebody sat on one of my toys, yes. it would be like, you know, you've killed them. Yeah. No, I remember that feeling. I think I still feel that way, Heidi, though. (laughs) What's that? I don't think I grew out of that. Do you know what? You think you grow out of it and then every now and again, you know, you'll have an inanimate object, whether it's a little ornament or something, and, like, you might knock it and you'll sort of be like, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Maybe, maybe it's an empath thing. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so when I was growing up, my favourite doll was called Fleur. Fleur, that's a very pretty name. Was she a pretty doll yes. or an ugly doll? Well, she was She was what was known as um, a flower kid, which was like the cheap version of a Cabbage Patch doll. Oh, no, Cabbage Patch were, dolls were terrifying. They're ugly. They were terrible. But the flower kids were much, much nicer. Okay. They were like they were like cabbage patch kids, but pretty. They didn't have those scary faces. Okay, because I think a lot of adults were pretty frightened of the cabbage patch kids. And I, I think they were frightened of the price too. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were really expensive. They were really expensive. Like really they were the expensive. Nikes of the eighties, was it? Or the late seventies, eighties. Eighties. Yeah. The eighties, yeah. Yeah. Hugely, hugely. So, look, I might love dolls, but as we said, there are plenty of people who don't. So it's almost become an accepted fact that dolls are creepy or scary. It could be a cultural thing that there are so many horror movies about dolls. Oh, yeah. Chucky, Annabelle. Yeah. Which is based on a real doll, by the way. Yes. But do people find dolls creepy because of these movies? Or do the movies exist because of an already established fear of dolls in the human psyche? I think the latter. What about you? I think the latter as well. So this question reminded me of the Museum of Childhood in Edinburgh. I did live in Scotland some years back and I worked really close to the Royal Mile in Edinburgh where there are some really cool free museums and I would gravitate to certain ones after work. One particularly cool free museum was the Museum of Childhood that has this amazing collection of antique and vintage toys among other things. And whenever I told people how much I liked this museum, they'd always say, oh, yeah, I love that place, except for the doll room. That just (laughs) freaks me out. (laughs) And this would confuse. 
confused me because as I said, I'm, you know, I, I don't find dolls freaky and I've never thought of the doll section as creepy, but I can sort of see how a person who isn't as weird as I am <laughs> could find a massive room full of dolls looking at you a little bit scary. And I have to admit there was a cabinet full of dolls that even I found a bit chilling or a bit sad. There were a couple of homemade dolls that were just oh, extraordinary yeah. because they showed the creativity of poor people from the past, yeah. like bones wearing dresses, a shoe with a dress and a drawn-on face. And there was one doll that just haunted me through the years though I can find almost no information on it online. It was, from what I can remember, and I might not be remembering correctly, a French ghost doll. Uh. And it was apparently made to commemorate a drowned person. And it wasn't a doll of the person. It was a doll of their actual ghost. Oh, Okay, and it was, it was quite small. It was about the size of my hand. And it had this very threadbare face. It was the spookiest thing I have ever seen. I want to see this now. So, look, Heidi, as you know, I used to be a doll maker, little maker, yeah. gothic dolls. And one of the things I need to tell you about the dolls that I used to make is they, that they were never some great, you know, planned craft project where I designed them and, and knew what I was going to make. But rather I'd have a pile of fabrics or cottons or whatever, materials that would appeal to me. And then in making the doll, the doll would make itself. That sounds crazy, mm. I know. But no, it, it doesn't sound crazy to me. Really, truly. Seriously, yeah. I never knew what the doll would be. And I often wonder about, like, other creators, like such as, um, you know, the Frouds. And I mm. want to know, do they, like, plan their creations, you know, and actually uh, visualise exactly what the end product's going to be? Or were they always surprised at what came out like, you know, I am? So I sometimes, just sometimes, felt when I made the dolls that they were channeling something a little bit spooky from my own memory or who knows, maybe from the other side of the veil. Anyway, I always felt kind of like a cool trick that, you know, to create something with no preconceived notion, no plan, and get introduced to this doll as much as everyone else. Um, maybe they were ghost dolls, Heidi. Well, maybe they are part of your spirit in them. Maybe, oh, <gasps> oh, no, see, don't do that to me because you know what I think about poppets. And now every time something bad happens to one of my dolls, I'm going to freak out. And the whole of these dolls are out in the community. I, Heidi, oh. why did you do this to me? Look, it's it's why I'm so lovable. No, it's not. It's how you freak me out. <laughs> Have you still got the lights off? Yes. And you know what? I Do you know how many of those dolls I sold? Those dolls are in people's houses right now. Right now, one could be like being sat on by somebody or, or pricked with pins. Wouldn't it be hilarious oh, if, me. like, you're sitting in the dark right now? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be funny if a little hand just kind of touched your foot Heidi, or something? You're, Heidi, you're not very nice. No, I, I never pretended to be. <laughs> no, actually, no, I will give that to you. You never did pretend to be anything but. <laughs> so apart from people like us who do like dogs, 
there seems to be something in the human psyche that does react in a fearful way towards dolls. Yeah, especially if they hang around you. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to look into. A clinical psychologist, Kate Wolitsky-Taylor, claims that children usually aren't creeped out by dolls. It's a problem that mainly adults have. And it's partly conditioning by pop culture, movies like Child's Play, etc. But there are other things involved. A term that people have been using to describe a fear of certain inanimate objects and images is Uncanny Valley. So, Becky, I'll throw to you. What is the Uncanny Valley? Well... In 1970, a Japanese expert in robotics called Masahiro Mori, apologies if I've pronounced that wrong, noticed that people generally felt an affinity for robots that resembled humans in a fairly realistic way. However, if the robot was too realistic, the tiny differences between the robot and human would be more noticeable and more discomforting to people. Now, If the robot is an absolute perfect copy of a human, then we regain our comfort levels around them. So basically, if something looks human but is inconsistent in its realism, it creeps us out. Ed Grabanowski gives fantastic examples in his article How the Uncanny Valley Works in HowStuffWorks.com. So Grabanowski states that an android character like C-3PO from Star Wars is a character that audiences can feel some affinity for because he's built like a human. He's generally not thought of as creepy because even though he has some human characteristics, he's very obviously, you know, a robot. He's shiny. He's made of metal. Grabanowski then cites certain Disney animation as being further along the Uncanny Valley graph. The human characters in films like Frozen and Moana inspire huge levels of affinity from the audience because the computer generation makes them obviously human, but their exaggerated features and expressions stop them from being too realistic. These exaggerations make them lovable instead of creepy. Then he uses the 2004 animated film The Polar Express, an example of when inconsistent realism can cause the discomfort and creepiness of the uncanny valley. And I felt this when I watched The Polar Express. The animation in this film was too realistic. People had moments of confusion as to whether they were looking at animation or human actors. It's those moments of confusion that can be off-putting and scary, and I don't believe the animators have figured out that balance yet. I don't know if this qualifies as an example of Uncanny Valley, but I always felt a bit weird about Teddy Ruxpins. Oh, they were creepy. When I was a kid. It was kind of the way they moved and blinked and the fact that it was this very human voice coming out well it was a human voice yeah yeah what were those names of those those little tiny monsters that came from china that everyone got paranoid with spies furby furbies they freaked me out oh see they didn't freak me out i kind of liked them how come you liked them but didn't like teddy because Furbies were just were just these crazy little characters, but Teddy Ruxpin had human qualities. Okay, you know, yeah, he spoke like a human. He kind of moved like a human. 
Okay. So that um, goes back to the Uncanny Valley theory. Yeah, maybe it is an Uncanny Valley thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, look, I sometimes feel a bit like that with those Baby Reborn dolls. Yeah. Yeah, look, for those who don't know, Baby Reborns are these hyper-realistic baby dolls. Hyper-realistic. <laughs> like, creepy, so right, realistic. So realistic that you know they they paint little veins <coughs> and, and capillaries on it. Yeah, they're yep. realistic. Yep, yep, yep. And um, women who've lost babies sometimes use them as part of the grieving process, which is really lovely if that works. Yeah, and because you know they're just so real, they can hold them, feel like they're saying goodbye to their actual baby. But they can also be controversial because sometimes people can get too attached to them and live in a fantasy that they're real. Yeah, you know the same so, thing happens with those real dolls, those sex dolls. Oh, yeah, they do. Japanese men, yeah. I saw a documentary about that. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, put on a minute. Look, like with the baby reborns and, and with the real dolls as well, I guess, you know, if you, if, if you have some kind of emotional need to feel, I understand that, but there, there is a creepy line, I think. Yeah, there is. I mean, you know, when you're not doing harm to anybody else, that's yes. fine. But when you get to the point where you're living in a fantasy where it's real and expecting other people around you to treat the doll like it's real, that's when it mm. starts to, you know, affect people, I think. I, I remember what, That's kind of the line. Yeah, I remember watching this documentary um, about a woman who was obsessed with her dolls and um, she literally neglected her children for her doll oh. children. And um, it was really uncanny, the love and, and attention she gave these dolls while neglecting the, the real children. Wow. Mm. Well, the dolls would have been perfect. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, these baby reborn dolls would be in the comfortable region of the Uncanny Valley because they are so realistic, mm -hmm. so perfectly realistic. But for me, there's just something a little bit off yeah, no, about I, them. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know why. Look, most of the people I know, oh, sorry, I know of who've gotten so heavily into maybe reborns are a little bit mm, over the top with them, I think. You yeah. know, but I've got to say, though, you know, when I was a teenager, right, um, you know, you remember when we were teenagers and they used to make the school sort of go and torture, you know, um, nursing homes with our, you know, yes. like I said, for performance and that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> These boring performances oh, and the oldies would be sitting there oh, going, oh, God. Oh, they were terrible. <laughs> they were terrible. Anyway, so I went to, I, I did that once, right, and um, there was this lovely lady sitting there, right, and she was cuddling a cushion and the, the love that she Aww. sort of had for that cushion it was obvious to me that it was a child, a baby in her mind. She was cradling it, um, you know, she was chucking its chin, you know how you do that. Mm. I, could, I could see her what she was like as a mother, do you know what I mean? Mm. And to her, that cushion was her baby and, and she was happy and she was glowing, you know, like it was a newborn baby. Mm. So um, she said something to me along the line of, you know, isn't my baby beautiful? And, of course, you know, I agreed with her and yeah. I actually felt, a kind of love for the cushion too, um, which I know sounds crazy, but it, it was no. what she loved, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I said, oh, beautiful, really beautiful. Um, and then this 
horrible, vile, mean nurse walks by, grabs the cushion out of her hands, throws it across the room and gets angry with me and says, you know, don't encourage her or something like that. It's not a baby, it's a cushion. And this woman crumpled because her baby had been thrown across the room. And my anger levels were astonishing because I I went there with her. Do do you know what I mean? That that cushion was her baby. Um, So it was her child, right? So nowadays, and I know this from when I've done some care work of my own, um, they actually do use robot animals and baby reborns in nursing homes so that they can um, live that banish. So I guess with these um, hyper-real dolls, robots, whatever, if there is a real emotional need, then you can see the benefit of that um, uh, dissonance. Does that make sense? Absolutely. What a cruel nurse. I know. Do you know I think of her at least once a week with anger? (laughs) why I, I just why would don't you do understand that? why people with that personality yep. type yeah. go into like a caring profession. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was and it was such cruelty. And I can't imagine anyone, whether they have nursing experience or not, feeling such yeah. a need to crush a, a very elderly and obviously, you know, dementia woman, you know. Anyway. It's so go. sad. It's really sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Well, apart from the uncanny valley side of things, we do have a primal fear of replicas of ourselves (laughs) because of the long associations with witchcraft. Yeah. And we we were talking a lot last week when we were talking about the zombies, we were talking about voodoo and how it's been misunderstood but lots of other cultures have used what we think of as voodoo dolls. And I think they're called, they're called poppets, aren't yes, they? Yes, I'm obsessed with poppets. In European <laughs> British witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea behind these poppets is what's known as sympathetic, sympathetic magic in that as in like creates like. Mm. So we probably do have an inbuilt fear of someone making a replica of us and hurting us through it. Yeah. What people don't often know, though, is that the dolls in voodoo were mainly used for positive reasons, like healing people. And it kind of goes back to last week, what we were saying about the vilification of West African culture. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, originally poppets and dolls like this, you know, they, they did have um, a more loving healing kind of association with them. See, I've never, ever considered that way. I, I'm obsessed with poppets, as you know. Um, they're mm. incredibly beautiful, but I would not want one made of me, even if it was for healing. Does that make sense? It's just... Yeah. Because you're giving away your own power into... into yeah. And objects oh, can hurt. I wouldn't want my own mother to own a poppet of me. <laughs> she'd, That's she'd probably do something wholesome. <laughs> she'd cuddle it every night, put it to bed every night. Oh, look, she'd probably sign it up to some sort of hiking club or cycling <laughs> club. Probably. She'd, she'd probably she'd probably make it socialise in all sorts of wholesome ways and I'd yes. feel it. I'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> Visual right now. Oh, oh dear. Oh, and actually, 
there were puppets in the Museum of Childhood in that creepy cabinet. Yeah. There were. Well, I hope they had blankets over them and cushions underneath them so they were nice and comfortable if they're made for <laughs> people. Yeah, no, it's too creepy for me. No, even, even for good reasons, I wouldn't want to. If someone said I could heal all of, you know, your medical issues and make you perfectly young and healthy and beautiful again by making a poppet and I'll look after it, I'd be going, no. <laughs> no, it's too creepy for me. Too creepy for me. Yeah. Now, talking of creepy, here's a huge segue, which isn't a segue. Have mm-hmm. you heard of the Island of the Dolls? I certainly have. I think everyone who's even remotely creepy has heard of the Island of the Dolls. It's it's the sort of thing that would be one of my weird interests, and it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, of course I do. So I'm going to go with the story, okay? So there is an island south of the centre of Mexico City, and which is now a major tourist attraction. This island is covered in dolls. I mean... I mean, absolutely covered. There are dolls hanging from the branches of trees, dolls tied to the trunks of trees, hanging off wooden fences. There is literally not a square foot of this island that isn't populated by broken, weather-worn, mainly eyeless dolls. Now, even if you love dolls, this place is absolutely the creepiest thing ever. The story goes... That in the mid-1950s, a man called Don Julian Santana Barrera decided that he wanted to live as a hermit. So, as they do, he up and left his wife and children and found an island where he could be a total recluse. The legend goes that he was a troubled man and had been looked on with suspicion for his habits of manic street preaching and collecting abandoned dolls from garbage bins. His new life on the island was peaceful and untroubled until one day he found the drowned body of a little girl in a cabin and in the water beside her floated her doll. Barrera, who was highly superstitious, hung the doll in a tree in order to to either protect her spirit or to protect the island from her spirit. It's not really clear which. But he soon decided that he needed to do even more. So... Over the next several decades, Barrera would sail around in his little boat looking for abandoned dolls in the water that he could bring back to the island to appease the spirit of the little girl. People heard about this and began to bring dolls to him in exchange for vegetables, which he would grow on his island farm. Gradually, almost every tree on the island was covered in little dolls. I mean, literally think 50 years of collecting little dolls and tying them up places. So he even had a favourite little doll called Monique and she was allowed to live with him in his hut. At the age of 80, Barrera was found drowned, supposedly in the location where he'd found the body of the dead girl and her doll. It's an amazing story. It is. But is it true? Bits of it. Bits of it. Yeah. The island definitely does exist and it's visited by thousands of tourists a year, some of them bringing a doll of their own to leave there. Barrera really did live on that island for around 50 years and his son works there as a caretaker. But after that, it's hard to sort out fact from folklore. People who knew Barrera doubt that there was a drowned girl 
and think that it's more likely that she was an hallucination caused by his poor mental health. Or he saw a ghost. Or, well, we, we don't know. The neat ending to the story, which has him drowning in the same <laughs> place he saw her, is definitely untrue. He died of a heart attack. Yeah. True is that the island is really scary. Really scary. And we'll put some photos up on the Facebook page because it's actually really difficult to describe. It's impossible to describe. But the minute you see the visual, yeah. it's oh my god. <laughs> Do you know what? I kind of like to go there. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You know, it is terrifying. The thought of it terrifies me, but I'll come with you, okay? I've been to some scary places. I've been to catacombs and, and no, um, you know, places that people would find really scary. No, this has got to be the scariest. I'd rather spend the night in a haunted hotel, I think, than walk through that island or the dollies looking at you. And these and they're are not awesome. just like cute little dolls you pick up from Kmart. He has he's literally made no. like Franken dollies. So he'll attach like, you know, a, a big doll's head to a Barbie doll body and hang it up. It's mm. Mm. And they're so weather beaten and yep. they're so blistered from the sun. Yeah. And And they're hanging in trees, spiders. man. They're hanging in trees. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh look. But and, you know and there are like Spiders making nests in their eyes. Yes, yes. You couldn't, you couldn't, if you were a set designer, you couldn't come up with anything more creepy. You really, 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 really couldn't. But here's the thing I'm no. going to throw back now. So like Poppets, I feel yeah. like he's almost put some kind of a magic into them now with his intentions. So whether he's yeah. mentally ill or not, he, like the belief in the baby reborns and like the belief in, you know, other things, He's sort of in, empowered and imbued them with something now. So it's not just dolls hanging in trees. It's spooky. It's <laughs> hella spooky. Now, talking of spooky, there's also a place yeah. in Scotland, right, and it's this small yeah. underground laneway. And during one of the many plagues, um, ended up being bricked up and, you know, forgotten. There's a story that a little girl ghost cries in there all the time. So visitors bring little dolls to leave to comfort her. Um, and you know what I'm thinking here? That, that's a common theme, isn't it? All these stories, right, whether it be, you know, the man creating Doll Island or the baby reborns, the, the, yeah. the comfort, all these stories, yes. dolls are so important and somehow bring a nourishment that even in death are a comfort. Does, does that make sense? Yes. Um, and whether, yes. they're, whether they be real or not, anything to do with dolls, whether they be real or not, the, the beliefs that people place in them, whether it be comfort or horror or, or whatever, kind of, you know, makes that real. And that's why dolls creep me out, Heidi, the belief that kids and adults put in them in so many different ways. Does that make sense? Well, I, yeah, I mean, they are a blank canvas yes. that we can... And we, we kind of do project our own personalities Absolutely. into them, don't we? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm just so, remembering something. You know, when I was a kid, I rather stupidly, yeah. when I wasn't supposed to, I used to, like, my kid, my parents put me to bed. And there was, like, a place behind the sofa where I could come out of my bedroom and hide. 
And I did that one night yeah. and I watched the stupid doll trilogy. Have you ever seen that from the 70s? Oh, no. it's terrifying. But after that, I just could not leave my dolls out at night. I'd have to hide them in case they came to life. Send me right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm going to have to watch oh, that. Oh, it's terrifying. It's like this. I have to. <laughs> do you know what? I've got this. Okay, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies when I was growing yeah, up. Me either, but I snuck my way in. And um, which has made me obsessed with horror movies. And I'm not allowed to watch them. I wasn't allowed to watch them because when my mu- when The Exorcist first came out, my mum saw it at the theatre and she, I don't know how old she was, maybe 18 or 19, I don't know. And it was just this horrifying experience to her. And throughout my growing up, she would just, she would refer to it every now and then and be like, oh, no, you're not watching that movie. That would be like The Exorcist. Oh, that would be, it was oh. like, it was the benchmark. <laughs> it was the benchmark. No, that's not all yes. like The Exorcist. Then, you can watch that, darling. No, that's like The Exorcist. You can't watch that. And, and you know, um, when I left home, one of the first thing I, first things I did was go to the local blockbuster and get all the horror movies that <laughs> I missed out on during my growth. Oh, God. Including The Exorcist. And you wonder and, why you got sleep paralysis. <laughs> and I thought The Exorcist was hilarious. Yeah, no, that's... It hasn't aged no. well at all. No, Poltergeist can scare me. Still. Uh poltergeist no no i i i didn't get much out of that do you know what a movie i actually think is a masterpiece is the original nightmare on elm street oh yeah none of the sequels none of the other nightmare on elm street sequels they're rubbish but that first one yeah that one my head in because the impossibility of being able to escape oh yeah it kind of descended into fast in the sequels yeah so no not at all did you sleep with a doll when you were growing up you know I can't remember I remember my favorite doll growing up she um yeah. was a very hard plastic doll rubber dub dolly I've still got her somewhere oh. do you know <laughs> I can't tell you an awful story <laughs> I really should yes. laugh at this I'm such a bad aunt but my little darling niece was particularly always very neurotic. She was such a frightened little bubba. You, you can't even begin to tell you. And when she was three, she found my rubber dub dolly in the um, spare room. And she was all excited bringing it out when the doll's head fell off and it rolled across the floor. <laughs> and the look on this little darling's face and she wouldn't go in that room or near that doll ever again. But anyway, yes, no, I had a rubber dub dolly. She later went on to torment my niece. Um, yeah. but no, I, I don't recall my dolls from childhood, really. Really? No, I don't. I, I do. I, I, um, maybe I just put so much personality into them. I remember them and their names and, um, I have to say I had more ponies than dolls. Yeah. I think I was more into the ponies. Yeah. Yeah. How many ponies did you have? My Little Pony. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I couldn't say. I was just, I was a collector. Yeah. I was an obsessive collector. Any extra money that came my way, I'd have a pony. No, I'm seriously scratching my, 
ahead here trying to remember. I don't actually recall any dolls from my childhood. I really don't. I had really? them. I know I had them. Yeah. 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 Interesting. There you go. So, but that being said, yeah. I certainly have dolls as an adult. <laughs> I have the dolls yeah. that I have made and I like to collect the occasional creepy looking doll from a shop. Yeah. And I'm sure they have a great time when you're asleep. Yeah, possibly. Don't do that to me. Otherwise, I'm going to hide them away again. No, God, don't do that. They'll get angry. <laughs> oh, Heidi. I tell you. No, my dolly won't let me. No, of course they won't. <laughs> do you know? Because I don't know whether to say we should do the late night dark room podcast more often or less often. I'm not sure. I'll let you know how after I sleep tonight. If you oh, sleep yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the dog don't strangle oh. me. What's that noise? Can you hear I that? I can, and I'm not going to fall for it, Heidi. It sounds like tiny I know snips. the tone of your voice. I know when you're trying to do this to me now. <laughs> you have to find new methods to do it now, Heidi. I'm immune. You know, much like a virus, I've had so many little doses of your evil over the last 10 years <laughs> that I have built up an immunity. I'm strong. <laughs> Apart from the fact you've written Becky... in my head in by saying I put a little bit of myself and all those dolls that are now currently all around the world. But but Becky, I don't think you should be scared of the dolls because it's possible mm-hmm. that you are one of the dolls. No, see now you're just playing dirty. It's a pandemic. It's possible. <laughs> don't <laughs> screw with my mind. Do not give me an existential crisis. Okay? It could be. Heidi that the dolls think that you're their doll. Oh, no, see, no. And they don't yeah, understand she found a new when approach. they get up in the she night. She found a new approach. Red, <laughs> I'm calling Red. I'm using my... <laughs> it's Red. <laughs> and on that very easy uh-huh. note, we'll leave you guys We there. will. Enjoy your dolls, everybody. Take care and we will talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon, maybe. If <laughs> Don't. <laughs> if I get forgiven. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can join the discussion on our Obsession Facebook page. And if you are enjoying our podcast, maybe subscribe and leave us a review. And why not tell your friends and let's all get obsessed. Bye. Bye.